You're listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Have you ever wanted to protect your privates? Check out private projects on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Severin Struvel. Hello. Pablo Vasquez. Hola. Simeon Concentor. Hi. Sebastian Koenig. Hello. Francesco Siti. Hey. Sergei Sharipin. Hey. Andy Goralczyk. Hello. And I'm Healthy Amazon. Here's your host, Francesco! Hello. Welcome <laughs> to the 23rd episode of our Blender Institute podcast. Today we have two very special guests from the VR filmmaking team of uh, Blendefax. Uh, we have plenty of news from the community once again. There is uh, uh, an uh, open movie won an award recently. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a surprise. Nice. And uh, the Blender conference is coming and uh, private projects are coming Ooh. in the cloud. Actually, they are in the cloud already. Ooh. So let's uh, go over to Pablo and he's going to tell us everything about Blender community news. Yes, the most amazing one. Caminandes won an award. But it's actually Grand Dilemma, the one from like 2013. Yeah, uh, it, it's fun. They they keep uh, sharing it and putting in. Uh, they they take care of putting it in other festivals, and then we keep getting nice words. People see it. It has been seen even uh, uh, in in places where you wouldn't imagine, like hospitals where they screen it to kids. Yeah, and it's so so nice. Um, Depending on the situation, the kid might like you know have burns, and he's unable to turn off the TV. They just <laughs> want to watch. What if they can't laugh? Oh no! They won't have problem with that. Oh, <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. It's not that funny. So that's fine. <laughs> but yes, the festival is the Film Festival Collective in uh, in Atlanta, US. So pretty happy about that. Then there is a new article in Blender.org about Hardcore Henry. It's a VFX. Uh, it's a sci-fi movie, and the VFX is done with the Blender, and it's pretty, pretty interesting article. So go check it out. It's by Yaroslav Chemnitz, the PhD, and Creative VFX Director from Division LLC from Moscow, Russia. Here. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out! Hello, to doctors. <laughs> yeah, so the yeah. link is in the description. The article is in Blender.org. Uh, more news. Tube news. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa! Wires for empathy. Woo, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wires for empathy or the the tube project is looking for uh, summer internships again. It's it's open for summer internships. So uh, if you're interested and want to participate in this awesome project, it's still going strong. <laughs> and uh, they're, no, they're they're sharing new renders and and everything, and it's looking great. So uh, make sure you. Go check it out. We've, we've been there together. We were working there with uh, Francesco at, at the university where um, they're making this movie. And it's, it's so, a pretty nice working environment. So where is it located? It's in Hampshire in uh, Massachusetts in the U.S. Yeah. So, so you have to be on location, right? It's not like an online internship. No, they also have online. Like yeah. you can also collaborate online. But of course, if you have the chance to go there, to go yeah, there, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's even more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Some years ago, um, Pablo Lizardo, he's from Argentina, and he went. He traveled there for. Uh, I went to work in the project, and I, I think he had a really good time some years ago. Yeah. And awesome. then we managed to go there, and it's also very nice to see yeah, people involved. When, when we were there, there was also being run from Taiwan from all the Taiwan, way. Yes. Yeah. Doing so, that. Very international. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the credits for that movie will be you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so good luck with that, the Tube Project. And more uh, closer to uh, us and the Blender Conference news. New prices. So um, up until 
last year, uh, the Blender Foundation always sponsors the, the Blender conference substantially. Like uh, uh, there is a fee to and to to participate on the conference, but uh, it's never enough. You know, there is a location and the speakers and uh, and everything. So the Blender Foundation always pays a, a bit more extra as a sponsor. But uh, this year it kind of was getting a bit out of control, and there are new prices. So the new prices are on the website in Blender.com/conference, but basically they are now um, uh, split into um, discount for like the speakers and for the contributors, like developers or, or people doing documentation for Blender. They have a special price, and there is a personal, which is what we used to have until now. It's a, everybody that is a freelancer or a part timer using Blender, and there is also one for business. So it's more for like um, um, companies or people that work for a company and they're sent to the uh, conference to, to talk. Mm-hmm. And the dinner price is the same. So uh, I think it's the same as the 40 Yeah, maybe year. a couple of euros more, but yeah, it's yeah. along the line. But it includes drinks. So <laughs> and it's a nice uh, networking place. So that, that's for the conference. And the last news of the day is uh, well, for the community is the Cycles Gallery with, with all of this uh, Arnold news that we had recently. The um, the web team of the or the PR team mm-hmm. of Blender with basically Ton said we need renders we need to show cycle stuff so now in the front page of Blender.org there is the, a link to uh, read more about cycles and there is a nice list of of uh, work done with cycles uh, so it's mainly images but um, it's pretty nice so congratulations to everybody that made it there yeah and at the same time if you feel like you're work is uh, a great showcase of uh, Cycles itself. Don't hesitate to get in touch with the web team on Blender.org and uh, we can see if that image can be added to the gallery as well. We're always looking for uh, user stories and uh, success stories with Blender, uh, with Cycles, without Cycles. It doesn't really matter. Like, for example, the the Hardcore Henry Henry uh, article is also a good example of the content that we need for Blender.org website because yeah. it really helps to see, okay, Blender, you know, you should take it seriously because people are using it to make films and like not too bad. So if you have anything that you want to share, you are the most welcome to get in touch with us and we put it on Blender.org. Yeah, there is a list uh, that is only for the, the web stuff, which is web content, it's BF web content, or you can just... Uh, yeah, get in touch. There is a, a, an about section in, yeah, the, in, yeah. in Blender. Yeah, and there is a contact, uh, contact information there. Yeah. So um, that's it for, for community news uh, so far. What about development? Well, What do you look at, man? <laughs> Dr. Sergei Shulman! So, Hi, Sergei. Hey, yeah. man. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are so you? So basically, we start weeks on... Do we start weeks now? Is it Wednesday? The the weeks, yeah. It's because what kind was last week? Last yeah. week, actually, there were some some questions for you that we are gonna yeah, ask so, you. So so basically, for for the last week, like here, we we've been working on hair BBH stuff, which is kind of working now. And then some scenes it gives up to 40 percent speed up. Whoa. But on some wow. other scenes, like for example, the fishy cat scene, it it's somewhat slower. 10 or 15 percent or 20 percent slower. Fishy Cat is a splash screen from yes. 276, 74 ish, 5 ish. The one from Manu. Yeah, the mm-hmm. one from Manu. Yeah. 
Yes, and because of the the way how the scene is set up, it, it, it's it, it's a bit slower. Well, reasonably slower, but it's fast anyway. So uh, who cares about yeah. simple scenes? Probably. Yeah, the idea they should work for. Yes, and okay, and Big Bang Bunny scene is forty percent faster now. On, on our Intel's and on wow. GPU, I think it was like I didn't I did benchmark core on GPU and it was maybe twenty percent faster. Nice. If I didn't screw something up in there, be, 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 because there was a broken feature on GPU which is minimal hair width, <laughs> which never worked in there. So now it should work, and because it's it, it's working feature, it will render slower on GPU now. Because it was ignoring the minimal width. But doesn't it mean that that it was rendering hair that was smaller than that size? So should it, it be faster? It, it, it was ignoring that, and that's why it might have been faster. And now it does not ignore this, so oh. it's slower. So anyway, other thing. I don't remember what I've been doing this week, actually. But well, yesterday there were like well, so many optimizations with well, brushes. It was just one day spent on optimi optimization of painting tools, because projection painting appeared to be quite unusable, especially when you use high-res pictures. And now it's kind of much more usable. Yeah, so like two times yeah, faster to display to also textures. Yeah, there were a couple of bugs in there which which uh, Campbell fixed. It, it it was initializing too much stuff in there, and there were also multi-threading stuff happening. Well, it's happening now, <laughs> and also optimized all the color space conversions using using SSE instructions. And today I also looked into 2D painting, which Ooh. didn't use threads, and now it it is threaded and it's uh, the painting. Okay, times faster my machine, and now the, the bottleneck is displaying the image. So if you're painting on high-res picture, it's it's still going to be quite slow to display the, the image and update it. And it's kind of tricky to solve with current architecture. Wow. Yeah. And that was like one day of work yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Awesome. And, and just before the podcast, I finished uh, implementing the poll merging feature. <laughs> poll merging. Yes, it's it, it it's for for spherical stereo rendering. So basically, to 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 collapse intercolor distance when you're looking up at a certain angle. So because there is no perspective in there when you look straight up and. Because Cycles was trying to, to, to use intercolor distance in there, you, you'll have headache in there. Oh. And now it will be reducing the thing in there. So hopefully it should, it should be more pleasant to look up. Nice. Up first, now and down side. But it should be tested by... Yeah, that's why we're here. <laughs> closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what, what was the problem? Can you explain like how a little bit how it works and what was... Yeah, well, the 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 problem is that if you, like Sergey said, if you if you have a stereo spherical render, like three sixty degrees, but in stereo, then if you look up or down, then it looks really weird. And if you just ignore the perspective on the poles, then it looks better because uh, 
the the perspective on the poles um, on the ceiling or the floor doesn't work anyway. So if you just uh, display a kind of a monoscopic image, then the problem goes away, or at least it's uh, it looks a little bit better. And But what if there's a robot? hanging down from the ceiling well then it will be a monoscopic robot which is still <laughs> better than a screwed weird <laughs> robot in false 3d true yeah <laughs> so so coming here already paid off thanks nice but how do you find the, the overall vr uh, workflow for blender I, it's in amazingly the... good like yeah? yeah really the I mean, we, we do many projects now. In fact, we only work in VR at the moment, and it works really, really good. So Blender, if, if, you, do, if you want to do VR rendering, and not just the, the fake VR 360, but real VR, where you have a stereo and uh, in, in, a, in a panorama, then Blender is a really good solution for that. It works. At least, I think you have to... It's not in, the, in 277, right? What? I think the spherical stereo or is it it should be it yeah i, yeah, I, 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 I never I use it, the I, release i always use the latest builds no 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 um, the, the spherical stereo is in 277 is it yes well anyway if it's not then you can just go to builder.blender.org and get the latest builds and then you will have it and we hope that in 2.78 we will have all the good features like pole merging native cube map rendering and uh, Lambert and the uh, uh, sampling hex that some people use. No, sometimes. you wouldn't have hex in the release. Oh, no, of course not. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe something more properly implemented. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Well, actually, since we are talking about this, I uh, wanted to ask to Sebastian and Simon a little bit uh, more about their company and their projects. Like what kind of projects you do? Because you said you do a lot of VR, but can you give us some examples? Like what is uh, uh, your market? Like what kind of, uh, of uh, products you do? I would say it's, uh, I would describe it as B2B, like business to business solutions. So it's not like a, the, the commercial apps that we do are not for sale on, the, uh, on any app store. But it's more like if there's a car reseller and uh, they want to display cars in VR, where you can configure the cars, change the colors, change the perspective, change the position and stuff like that, um, then we do that for them. Or another client is uh, some kind of a bank, uh, what, what do they, bank systems or bank software stuff, and they wanted to, uh, to, to show the bank of the future or like the digital mm. retail store and <laughs> things like that. And um, yeah, we, we did that with our colleagues um, from Leipzig, the Mikaba. They do, um, they have, that's their clients actually. And we did the, the VR uh, app for them and together we delivered to this client. Um, another, another use case is uh, for, for a castle in Germany. They, they have one room that uh, went through several ages, uh, like in the, in the Renaissance and uh, later. And we, um, we visualized this room, how it looked like in the Renaissance or uh, Gothic style. And um, yeah, and this will be, I hope we, this will be released in August. So you can go to, the, to this castle, Schloss Rochlitz in, uh, <laughs> in Germany, and then you can go there and uh, have the, the gear vr um device and then uh, look through the 
through the different ages and check out how the room looked like back then. Uh, and then we also do free apps like the Open Movie VR, which is amazing. Uh -huh, thank you. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah, yeah, we were taking a look at it uh, earlier. And yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, good to hear. Yeah, at, at first it was like, yeah, like that. Describing the app is, uh, yeah, you watch an open movie inside of an open movie world. And I mean, why would I watch it in, in there? But actually, when you try the app, you, you will find out there's yeah. more than that. Yeah. Yeah, there is a bit more. It's, a, it's right. an experience, so you should check it out. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's in the, in the Google App Store, right? In, in, in the other one? No, yeah. no so far it's just the, the... Just in the Android Store, and we are working on the iOS version and also on the Gear VR version. And um, just to... We always notice the problem that we're making VR stuff and everybody, okay, heard about it, but trying out the stuff is much more important and that's the same with our customers. Um, VR is something you have to experience and experience in the right configuration, the right device and nothing creepy like a roller coaster or something like that. So, um, VR is a great experience, but you have, um, yeah, you have to done it right or... Um, People yeah. who um, give you the right app. Yeah, yeah, you have to try it in the right way. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it's like, yeah. But it's very hard to tweet about VR because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the, the one. You cannot describe. Yeah. In, yeah, it's in like, the picture. Uh, so it's when, like when they got color television and they were trying to advertise it on television. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine all of this, but with colors. Yeah. <laughs> It's like in HD um, on SD. You cannot yeah. describe what's yeah, you really see, you see the in the in the in the in the ads. You see uh, people say, "Yeah, look like our new screen in HD. Look how super <laughs> sharp everything is." And you look yeah. at that on your tiny screen and think, "Yeah, right. It looks so much better. <laughs> I wish I had that screen." <laughs> so when is the next VR Twitter app coming so that you can actually tweet about VR stuff? <laughs> Good question. But I thought also thought about. What would it look like to be in VR and look around and have all recent tweets around you and say, okay, I want to go deeper in this um, topic and so I go can... dive through your Twitter tweets. Oh. Mm. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. You would get probably totally lost in the social yeah. media universe. <laughs> Please don't ever do that no, for, no, for, yeah. YouTube, no, no, no. for YouTube comments. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, it's a pile oh. of shit over here. And uh, let's get a little... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, what is uh, like this uh, idea of Twitter? Um, Twitter feed with uh, with space uh, space representation sounds very cool. But uh, besides this, I was wondering if you have other like upcoming projects that you maybe can talk about, or also what are your expectations for the future of Blender? Like in your pipeline, if there are things that you expect are going to be better, or there are things that you really want and that you cannot do now because the phones are not powerful enough, or because the render time takes too long, or things like that. Do you have like a picture of what is coming in the next uh, one year, five years, or so? Well, I, I think and I hope that everything will be faster. Rendering will be faster. We will have all the features from <laughs> Sergey. He will do them for us. Um, but also, um, maybe there will be uh, head-mounted display support in Blend. I think there already is. We didn't try that yet. But uh, that will be interesting to try. Um, and apart from that, we will... I don't... I. Honestly, cannot really answer that question. 
be, we just hope everything will be fine. <laughs> Every, <laughs> cycles will be much faster. Um, I think the last point with the head mount, the display support is one of the important part because on Unity, I use the Oculus to view my result immediately with 60 frames per second. Everything is, is cool and I can test UI and all this stuff. And I tested also the Oculus in the viewport and it works, but the frame rate was very low. And yes, that was the main problem. I would say it's not usable to, to view a scene, scene because when the scene is very complex, it's very, very slow. So I think um, working in VR with the Oculus in the scene will be, would be very great. But um, I know that's hard to reach the frame rate and yes, all this visual quality. Yeah, so like we <laughs> really hope for the 2.8 project with a new viewport yeah. that will uh, deliver real-time photorealistic rendering, maybe even with a <laughs> equi-rectangular. But, but then why would it be cycle? We just do everything yeah. from viewport. So yeah. exactly, that's so, what we hope to do because currently we have render times of up to 12 or 24 hours on GPU. So having that in the viewport, of course, would be nice. So that's why we are, of course, excited for the 2.8 project that is hopefully happening. It is. Point. It is. There it is. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already removed particles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the viewport is a big one. I mean, we, we, you can't even animate Victor and Frank at the same time. Yeah, we, we were doing some experiments with that. And, and um, yeah, like with, with, um, with the Kamenanda scene, uh, where you had a lot of penguins, Uh, the scene is already super slow. So you're already working within the constraint of having s multiple characters, same, uh, multiple rigs in the same scene, and you're trying to do your best within this slowness and then adding on top of that that maybe you lose, like on top of that, half your frame rate. Just be, just for the added benefit of seeing it, like, you know, yeah. ooh, in 3D. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not sold on it, <laughs> but it uh, but just getting the playback though is uh, is instrumental if you're doing anything for VR. Two point eight, right? Yes, I mean for for health, it's partially the issue the dependency graph, yeah. which is already quite as good threaded as it could be. Mm -hmm. And for 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 the remaining stuff, it's all about viewport. Viewport is really slow to draw nowadays. Yeah. It would be great if that were upgraded. <clears throat> yes, but it's kind of a big project. And, yeah. and, that, and that's what new viewport is about to make. It a bit, because you can also do some multi-threading stuff from OpenGL side. Yeah. There are some tricks on that, uh, but for that you need to, to redesign re everything. Yeah. Completely, but it, it's going to happen, I hope. Speaking of which... Shalti. <laughs> 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 I do the segues. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it is, it's my job. Okay. <laughs> there's a picture of a segue. People, I mean, this is audio only, by the way. People don't see that there's a segue drawn very nicely, actually. You oh, should take you. a picture of this. Yeah. <laughs> On a oh, paper. So, uh, exactly. And Chalti uh, randomly pulls it off to cue me to do a segue. And it's very confusing. <laughs> So, yeah, we have a lot of fun here. Uh, talking about the fun, <laughs> uh, let's uh, move on to the studio news. So what is uh, happening here in the studio? 
And uh, before we get to the hottest topic, uh, which is uh, regarding cloud, the new cloud services that have been uh, released this week, I just wanted to check in with uh, Hjalti. Hey, uh, hello. About uh, the latest developments of the agent project. Yep. So how have you been doing? Um, so uh, because Monday was cloud day, and then there was some kind of remembrance day on Thursday. Thursday. I'm really confused. Like today is Friday. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> like this really screwed up my weekend, uh, my entire week. So I technically only got three days of work um, since Friday, since the last version or whatever. However, of course, uh, that's not enough. So I did. I was actually working the entire weekend and during the holiday. Uh, what I have now is a pretty rough version of the fight, but I'm still working on it. And that is kind of the main goal of this week. And hopefully this weekend coming up is that I, I want to try to make an entire pass on the fighting that happens within the this project. Uh, it is it's a, such a tricky thing to do with um, with animated characters because with with uh, physical characters in live action at least you can do this choreography and you can test it out with cameras and something's not working you can just kind of try something else but with uh with it within animation then like you can't kind of do that um so i'm trying to do a half and half because it doesn't really work just doing sketches i tried doing sketches with grease pencil and you can't really capture it that well uh like what what you want to happen because it's not it's just not quick enough and then if you want to change anything like this this camera make uh, this camera position makes no sense. I want to tweak it. Like now we have to redraw everything. So I've been trying kind of a half and half. I did some choreography with Francesco, and uh, he punched the living shit out of me. And, uh, he won the fight. Um, we did some experiments with choreography, and we just recorded it. And then I tried to recreate it with really rough layout rigs. And just, just to get the feel of it and the flow of it and like where would they move within the boundary of the scene. And then from there, I can start placing cameras. So that's kind of what I'm working on now. You should put that on the cloud. Yeah, I also have, uh, because I did some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Francesco and I fighting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Not only that, uh, there was some experimentation that happened on Sunday when I was all alone here. And I, was I had this idea regarding a shot where like, somebody gets slammed into a wall with his face. So I just put on a suit, like the agent suit, and started slamming myself up against the wall using an iPhone like <laughs> right yeah. next to me and having it be in, in slow motion record, record mode yeah. or whatever. And uh, I have about, I mean, I should, I should probably this weekend just like put, put them all together, but I have probably like 20 different takes of me slamming my face up yeah. against the wall and then in slow motion, like, up, and like <laughs> go backwards. That might be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Coming this week. Coming to your wall. Yeah, week. exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's about it. Nice. Awesome. Speaking of awesome. Uh, speaking of awesome. Hey, Hello. Andy. Hello. So what did you do this week? Um, Went to the beach. <laughs> it's not that you didn't Thank see you. that question coming, but <laughs> you right. went to the beach. Yeah, I went to the beach, and uh, it's summer now in Amsterdam, so we're having a lot of ice cream. No, um, uh, this week I started modeling uh, on the main villain of the uh, agent 
short test that we're making, uh, which is uh, Boris Chloris. And uh, I already did uh, a quick concept of him a couple of weeks ago, just to see if we can actually pull off the character, because that was a big question mark uh, in the beginning. Like, can we actually have this guy who has a chalky white face with this weird expressions? Uh, and we're still not sure. <laughs> but uh, I did the test, and uh, it was it was a bit more plausible that we would actually be able to make that. And uh, gladly, Martin Lodewijk also uh, liked the concept a lot, um, which was amazing. So um, now I went back to the model, and I'm doing it for real, actually. So with the real topology and everything, um, getting his uh, suit to to work because he not only wears a suit like the agent, he's kind of like the agent in the comic, like his body kind of shares the same proportions, which is a bit strange. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just started out from the agent model and uh, kind of altered it. But then on top of that, he has this uh, leather coat with uh, a little uh, bit of fur around the, the, the neck area, which uh, kind of makes him more bulky and it alters the whole look. And uh, but yeah, getting that to work was a bit of a uh, bit of a challenge. But um, yeah, hopefully today I'll have him almost done, and then on Monday we can have him uh, go to Juan Pablo, who is currently rigging the agent. So yeah, that's my progress right now. Well, thanks a lot for the update, and uh, like to keep up with the art team. I would like to ask Pablo. <laughs> what uh, there is no art team for me this week, actually. Yeah, what did you work on? Oh, cloud. Um, so it, I think we can just move to the, yeah, yeah I did, uh, yeah, I've basically been working on, on the clouds there. The big thing this, this week was projects. So, um, the edit of a project was, uh, was, it needs a new, new interface. And now there's, uh, more of a, about the project sharing and that also needs a UI for adding and removing users and, yeah, just preparing the the site for just testing it on Firefox. Some things I'm a, I'm a Chrome Chromium WebKit whatever user, so every time there's something wrong, it is Firefox. Um, so that that also takes. Um, before until now, we were only using us the the cloud editing and adding stuff. So now that everybody else, including probably Internet Explorer users, I guess, using the website, I had to. To go through all some of the bugs and um, yeah, fix them all the UI development. So yeah, that was that was pretty much my my week until now. Cool. Well, yeah, and uh, I know that uh, I mean a lot of development work in the back end has been going on between me and Sebran. So I actually would like to ask Sebran if he can sum up some of the many changes and uh, improvements that we did in the cloud since uh, one week ago. Like in the last podcast, actually we mentioned that. Uh, private projects were coming and uh, we released them in a number of steps. So we didn't make a lot of advertising for them at first when we uh, put them live, but that gave us a bit of time to test them. And uh, we did a lot of work to get to that point and also to prepare for what is coming next. So if Sibran could tell us a bit about uh, how it went, that would be cool. Yeah, uh, we have private projects now, which means that every cloud subscriber can actually create their own projects. Um, so we have that. You can upload your files, you can upload videos, you can upload images, blend files, everything. And well, as of soon, I think we mm -hmm. actually allow sharing between other subscribers. So 
that's what uh, Francesco has been working on uh, for the past few days while we're all sitting in the sun and enjoying our day <laughs> of summer here in the Netherlands. Um, so that you can actually add other people to those projects. So up until now, a project was just for yourself. Yeah, um, it wasn't really <laughs> the most... It's not the, the, the selfish project. But, uh, yeah. but still, in, in total, we got 100 projects now created 100? by people. Wow. Yeah, yeah something of, around those. A projects. lot of yeah. testing going on. We can see people just try to press the buttons. But yeah, well, that's like, great. That's yeah, what yeah. we need. We, of course, value the privacy of our users. So we just know that there are projects happening. It's not that we go <laughs> digging too much into no. it. So, But it's great to see that the system is being used. So we actually had to optimize the server a little bit to handle uh, a bit more traffic. And so far it's working good. So yep. we hope the traffic only becomes more. more. And uh, also there is something more that is coming really soon, which is what uh, uh, you've been working on this week, Sibran, yes. which is uh, the uh, in, yeah, integration with Blender. So yes. how does that work? Uh, that works very nicely. We've actually put the 1.0 versions online of two add-ons. The Blender ID add-on, which allows you to log in with your Blender ID, which then is automatically linked with the Blender Cloud add-on, which allows you to access texture packs on the cloud. So you hit the beautiful, beautiful key combination, Control-Alt-Shift-A. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to remember except that you have to smash all of the keys in that little corner of your keyboard. And then you get access to the texture pack that is currently online on the cloud. Yeah, the texture library, it is yeah. in the in the cloud. So with all the open movie uh, textures that have been carefully edited and collected by Andy a few months back, and now we can finally, they used to be able to browse them online. Um, they were categorized so that you would be able to see a picture and if that a texture image had different maps, for example, a color map or a, a, a bump map, map um, or a, a, a circular map. Exactly. You would be able to see them in the same context, so it would make sense. And now you can actually do that also within Blender. And that is yes, but, very cool. Yeah. And you see them actually as one thing. So it's one you see one icon of one texture, but that can exist out of multiple images for all these maps. So you click on it once, and then it downloads them all and loads them up into Blender, and you can go to any image selector and select them. Nice. Yeah. What if you only need one? <laughs> well, then you can still do it. Yeah, and but then you will have you my traffic. Them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or my mobile traffic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mobile version coming in the future. No. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say which future. Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, <clears throat> it's very cool. We are going yeah. to uh, publish and uh, announce this uh, uh, Blender, Blender Cloud access uh, uh, shortly with uh, instructions and uh, everything on how to get uh, started. But uh, we are very happy because it really looks like it's uh, working fine and uh, we yeah. look forward to get it out there so that people can actually use it. And of course, what is even more exciting is that after this, we are planning to allow users to create their own textures, uh, um, texture files, and put them there and make their own projects with those and uh, start to take advantage yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of, of the same functionality, but for their own personal use, which and I'm sure it will be good. Yeah. And for developers, it's also an interesting project 
because we now introduced the asynchronous uh, capabilities of the new Python 3.5. So if you want to do downloading or other stuff that might take a while without locking up the Blender user interface, you can actually use the techniques from this add-on. So it also serves as a nice technical demo of how to do stuff is, is like that. Is it for download or for anything that is asynchronous? For anything you want. Wow, well, Blender itself could learn from that. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's some things that get everything stuck. So, awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, I think uh, there are some questions I've seen on the blog post we published a week ago about the cloud. There are some questions yeah. there. There are some questions. Uh, oh, there, there are questions over. about the, the last week. Um, yeah, exactly. that there, but maybe since we are in the projects, we can uh, talk about that. <laughs> and... The, the the main question was oh, yeah. yes, it was posted on um, on Blender Nation and also in the in the cloud. But why? Well, <laughs> that's so, why. Personal projects. Why? Yeah. Well, personal projects because the mission of the cloud is to be a platform for learning and uh, sharing production level. Uh, content and uh, production level techniques for Blender, for uh, filmmaking. And uh, we also want to provide tools to do that as well. So it's a source of knowledge, but it's also a, a, a tool set that you can use for making your own project. They don't necessarily need to be open projects. You can use it for your own. And uh, But that's what we want to do. And we want to do it with uh, uh, open source software, free open source software. So that's still like uh, at the core of uh, Blender, what we do here at the Blender Institute. So all the software that we are making is actually available for you to check out and also customize and use for yourself. But of course, we want the cloud to facilitate it. So you don't have yeah. to spend time setting up your uh, pipeline or your project management software. We try to do that for you. And uh, that's then you can take advantage of that and focus on your project. Yeah, there was a comment on Blender Nation too. Uh, was worried about using the the word Blender in a in a commercial project, um, but yes, it's worth mentioning that the Blender Cloud and every every service that we use, basically even the add-ons, are open source. So um, you could theoretically get and run the cloud by yourself. Yeah, um, yeah. the code is open source. So yeah, of course, the Blender Cloud brings the service online and everything, so you don't have to do it, but yeah, everything we do is open source. It's in developer.blender.org. Yeah, and GitHub. And GitHub, yeah, but it's, it's public. Yeah, yeah, it is public, always public. Can we remove it from GitHub? <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, we can move stuff to... Yeah, move it all. To developer.blender. Yeah. Want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> it's federated. But why? You can, you can... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but why? <laughs> because that's how we work. We have our infrastructure for everything, so why would we use GitHub and address people in there? Then people would be confused about what's the, the thing. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, so let's improve Fabricator so that is more like GitHub, less crappy. <laughs> but why? <laughs> <laughs> because now I can't even link to a readme file. Mwah. You don't read? <laughs> just, click, click, click. Yeah. Just, just click, click, yeah. And anyway, anyway, I have another question here on the cloud uh, comments that asks about if we have a version control plant. And uh, that's also something when we were uh, showing the projects uh, to Sebastian and uh, Simon here, uh, a question that came up quite quickly. So how do we actually plan to handle more heavy uh, 
production situations where you are not simply uploading one file. And uh, the answer is, yeah, well, we've been thinking about it for a long time. We are doing this step by step. So at first, of course, it can be a bit frustrating for everybody when we put the features out there because it's like, okay, now you can upload one file. It's like, well, yeah, but I have my whole, you know, SVN and I, and I work with Mercurial and it's so easy and great. And, I, and of course, we, we hope to get there as quick as we can, but uh, we also want to share that uh, growing path in the open because that helps us to make a very strong and reliable software. So, of course, the first step are maybe not the most uh, uh, amazing, but already being able to say, okay, we rolled out this file management uh, over our whole user base, and it works, that's that's great, because putting out a super complex system out of nowhere, usually uh, it's uh, bound to fail. So we, we, we try to keep everybody posted of every step that we do. So actually, that's why... In, in the past months, we haven't done that a lot because we are we've been putting together the whole infrastructure to do it, and now we do it. So every day you can check out what we write online, or you can every week you can see a blog post about what is coming next. So maybe in a few weeks we will be happy to announce that we handle uh, projects on SVN or other source management uh, uh, systems. Yeah, so, I remember during Cosmos there was a, a quick hack to get this this done, but it's a nice working like. Uh, like proof of concept that we had with SVN logging and as a, as a comment of the, as the, not the comment, but the description of the asset. And remember, it was fun. So it would be nice to have it back. Exactly. So, yeah, and then I see that there are other questions about uh, um, Blender that works as a syncing application and uh, 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 different ways to access uh, assets uh, and support versioning within the cloud itself. And all the answer to all this is that within a reasonable uh, time, there will be, like we are going to look into all these issues and you're going to address all of them. So overall, I think that's, uh, that's, that's it. So thank you, Stephen, for asking about all these things. Speaking of Steven. <laughs> yeah, okay. sorry, um, sorry. There is another question about uh, about it. Is uh, about the private projects. Would it be a way to make your project public for everyone on the cloud? Or you can only share it with individual cloud members? Yeah, this is a very um, controversial. No, it's not controversial. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a, a very a highly debated uh, topic because... It's what makes the difference uh, between uh, having the cloud to be your own internal production management uh, uh, tool and having the cloud as it is for us as a publishing tool. And uh, the responsibility that come with the developing and uh, maintaining and releasing a, a publishing tool are really great, are really large. And uh, at the moment, we don't have uh, we we don't have immediate plans to support that because. Uh, it's, it's really complicated from uh, uh, the legal point of view and uh, especially, especially from the legal point of view, like making sure that whatever people publish on your platform is, uh, uh, is compliant with the platform itself. And uh, of course, we, you can be naive about how, uh, what, what, what could happen. But uh, on the other hand, if you see examples for other com from other companies and uh, if the model then works out, you can get into really big headaches. So we, we take this very seriously. So the day when it will be possible to actually publish your own projects un unsupervised, uh, it will be a, a very big step. So that is not uh, in our short-term planning. But uh, we are very proud to say that there are 
some uh, Blender community members who have been super nice with us and they've been sharing some of the assets they make, especially textures. We got uh, some uh, donations that we're really looking forward to put online. So if you have... Uh, uh, if you have content that you want to share with the community, it's always possible to get in touch and then we can find an arrangement and we provide a good crediting so you can uh, you can still maintain your property. So you can say, okay, this texture has been kindly provided by this person and, uh, and then they go out there. So for the moment, that is the fastest and easiest way to share your content if you want. Pretty nice. That's it for the questions of the, of the project so far. I hope people are are using it and now soon they will be able to share it with other cloud members so you can um, you can have your own team uh, of people uploading stuff editing the stuff and even commenting so you can have comments on your own little projects so uh, there are a few questions that are not related to projects are um, um, from uh, previous week uh, because last week is when Pixar announced their release of the viewport um, Hydra yeah, yeah. So somebody's asking if Sergey is here this week, if Dr. Sergey, sorry, Dr. Sergey, <laughs> <laughs> we talk about the Pixar Hydra viewport and what does it mean that it's open source? Does it mean anything for us? Um, so basically, they have the animation software, which is called uh, Presto. Uh, Presto, yeah, the animation yes, it's one. Presto, yeah. Yes, it's, it's the same thing from which the, they got the open subject thing, I believe. And uh, they have really well-optimized viewport in, in, in Presto to be able to, to, to show the complex uh, stuff like highly subdivided meshes with four and everything. And now they, they say that they want to, 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 to give it to public. It's, it, it's still a bit unclear what exactly it'll, it, it, it'll mean because, well, you know, the marketing department comes first, like, hey, we'll release this. And yeah, there is no technical details yet about what exactly will be included in there. But it's very interesting project, at least to see how they solved all the issues which we have here. And maybe even to, to integrate it in Blender if it's any good. Or just see how it's done and implemented in in Blender and use native Blender fundamentals for for the underlying work. So yeah, it, 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 it's a very interesting project to 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 look at. Wow! I mean, we are speaking of working on the viewport, right? In two point eight. Yes. yes. So... The, the, the 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 only thing is like, I mean, for for my knowledge, they don't do PBR. Oh. In Presto, it's animation tool. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. So so so. But our goal is to be PBR in viewport. So it's gonna to be quite interesting topic to research. How can you combine the highly optimal stuff from them and put PBR on top of it and see if it's any good from performance point of view and stuff like this? We can fix their software. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fix it for you, Pixar. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that would be yeah. It's pretty exciting to to hear that. Yeah, it, nice. it's and I I think it they they also mentioned the native support for Vulkan. Yeah, yeah Vulkan so from uh, nice. The the new one. Yeah, the new one. I, I, I think I saw that, but yeah, should should be even more performance than stupid OpenGL from nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Probably great. Do we have the, the, the manpower to, to make this happen? No. To 
do we need to like what we need to have maybe 100 more developers okay and so that, if that you're listening also, <laughs> that, that would also be handy to have more developers aboard yeah or just clone you yeah yeah but on my desk it's the fantasy graph which is gonna to, to be put real soon i guess Yes. And everyone expects it to be really full, like faster that, than current dependency graph. Well, it's like, yeah, it's not about speed, it's about the flexibility of the rigs. <laughs> I mean, best case, we can just make it as fast as current dependency graph. Yeah. I mean, so that's... I'm going to be quite a challenging topic to, to, to make it fast. I mean, it's not a bottleneck for animators anyway, right? because the bottleneck is OpenGL view thing. Yeah. So we're going to use Hydra now. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's all settled. Great. It's all yeah, settled. yeah. Let's so, go have an ice cream. <laughs> yes. Okay. So. Uh, another question for you, Sergey. Uh, well, for developers, is there, is there a way to follow the progress of a development task, not only bugs? In what the, is a developer task? Uh, for example, we're interested in the GPU performance regression that Sergey mentioned once. So there is a long thread which became more like a Blender artist type of discussion <laughs> with 100 pages where people just started to, to put comments like, hey, my friend mentioned something. Yeah, well, that's not real handy, but there is a discussion about 980 Ti cards on uh, Windows, which is uh, really bad performance compared to regular 980 cards. And uh, when I have something, I'm putting it in there and that's currently the only place where the okay. GPU regressions are mentioned. Others we either cannot reproduce and we cannot uh, talk about it because we, we have yeah. nothing to talk about. We, 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 it just doesn't happen in our universe. Yeah. So if people can convince us that, hey, yeah, there is a reproducible case, that's how you reproduce it. And that, that then you'll see everything. Then we can look into it and say what's wrong or bad in there, but yeah. it's going to be handled as a bug report. And to follow that, it's just a matter of making you, you, an account, in, uh, logging in, and, and subscribing. Yeah, the, you 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 can. Do, well, first of all, you need an account. You need an account and developer to Yeah. And then you can just add yourself as a CC ah. to every task you're interested in. I don't think it, it uh, they will allow you to to subscribe to new reports, so you wouldn't have email when new report is made, but probably don't want that because we have quite a reasonable amount of you of uh, reports coming in. Yeah. But when you see some report which is uh, interesting for you, you can always uh, subscribe in there and add your, yourself a CC. And all list of new bug reports are on the front page of developer.org site. Cool. So yeah, but, but as for that regression, it currently doesn't seem to be a Blender's fault. Because I, I went real crazy and made it so all the samples for all the image is sampled on the GPU without any feedback from there and happens in one single CUDA kernel call. And it's already slow. It's it, it's not any faster that, than with all the round trips mm -hmm. to update progress from Blender side and stuff like this. So it, it's really either driver fault or Windows fault. It's Windows uh, fault. Let's say it's Windows fault. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, we used exactly the same driver on Windows 7 and Windows 10 on the same exact machine. And Windows 7 is fine. While Windows 10 is just uh, three times slower. Wow. Well, let's leave it at there. <laughs> Windows 10 is three times slower. Yes. Uh, so don't use Windows. Use Linux. And don't use OS X as well. Because there are some <laughs> users who mention slowdown on OS X as well. So Linux for the win. Yeah. Exactly. Freedom. 
So uh, speaking now, nothing. There's no Linux related <laughs> question. <laughs> that's a cool thing. People don't ask about it. Um, yes, you see, that's because it just works for them. They works. don't. They don't ask anything. Yeah. Uh, okay, question about the cloud stats, uh, what what happened to it, and um, you are not publishing the stats yet, but we we, we are planning on it, on, on displaying uh, the number of, what kind of? the stats. Of this. We had a page where we will show uh, the number of subscribers that we have and the, the amount of data that was on the cloud and everything. Mm. So um, maybe the data part not, but the amount, the amount of subscribers we are thinking of, of showing it, bring back that page. Well, actually, I've been working today on... File stats. File stats? Yeah, so we can count uh, per file and all the variations. So thumbnails and that kind of stuff. Uh, we can find the total size, but also loop through projects and see per project how many bytes are used and storage. Wow. Um, so we could aggregate that to protect people's privacy, of course, but show how many bytes or gigabytes or terabytes are used at the moment in the cloud. Yeah, that would be... Wow. Yeah, so we can bring back the stats page yeah. soon. Yeah, that plus I think would, would be even more useful and interesting is to combine it with the amount of subscribers that we have in the cloud, which is also yeah. something that is in our to-do list for, I think, too long. And I know Sibran has already addressed this, so we have already a way to know how many subscribers we have, which is great. So it's over 2,000, by the way. Thank exactly. you very much. Yeah, that's a very cool. And we want to share this number with the community. We think it's really important. There are many examples of websites and platforms that do it out there. And I think it really helps. So it's in our to-do list to yeah. actually make it more visible and really show the size of the cloud, which is growing. So that's cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, And it growing. should grow pretty, pretty quickly because <laughs> at the end of this month, I won't be working here at the Institute anymore no. unless we get a lot more subscribers. How many? Say it. Say it. Give a number. Give a number. Two and a half thousand. If you go oh, up yeah. 500 more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like add it? On no, no, no. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> no, that, we're at 2,000 now. If we're at two and a half thousand, yeah. like 500 more, then I can stay, stay. here. Otherwise, can, can I okay. tell, tell all your friends times. about the cloud and yeah. their neighbors? Can I subscribe like hundreds of times? Well, of course you can. Like, you can also just throw if, money at him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> if you pay for 100 times, uh, that would be lovely. Yeah. So um, even if you don't have friends who, who can who want to join, you can subscribe yourself much more times. That's all fine. Yeah. 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 And another question that might bring some more subscribers is uh, the personal project is going to be similar to Shotgun, uh, as in production slash pipeline tracking service. And um, how can a commercial studio benefit of the personal projects? Well... We plan that. Of course, you can imagine the Shotgun is a standalone software and a, it's a company built around that product that is providing services to the industry for already many years. So getting up to that level is not something that you could do overnight, but is uh, definitely in the roadmap. So the first step, again, we do little steps, is to bring back the functionality of Attract, which is the task management software that we had developed during, um, uh, during uh, Cosmos Laundromat. And uh, that is fitting right now in the design of the cloud. So, and Sibran already started working on this. Yep. And uh, so that is uh, regarding project management are, is going to be our first step. And so after that, we will see there are many great uh, examples out there on how to do these kind of uh, tools that work online, that are integrated with your uh, software in the studio as well. So we know more or less what there is to do. It's just a matter of uh, uh, having enough time to get everything done. Mm -hmm. so. Enough. Yeah, and Sibren yeah. on board. So 2,500, yeah. yeah, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, that would be great having a track. That the, the other question was, yeah, that, that the studio, how how commercial st studio will benefit from personal projects. Well, the same way as anybody else, as as anybody else is. Uh, yeah. There's no difference between. You can make your own project and there is no limit. Basically. Yeah, exactly. And then also one more thing to add regarding this uh, production tools is also the render management part, which is yeah. uh, we developed our own render management uh, software uh, now for a couple of years already. And we've been through a few iterations. So we really uh, hope that that will be uh, available there as well. So that is even longer term planning because first we are trying to really focus on getting the files and the assets part going. Yeah. But then we really want to plug everything together. Yeah, and this render render uh, render farm software we used it to render Cosmos. We used it to render Caminandes. So it's it's working. It's there. It's just a matter of plugging into the to the cloud. There's nothing new to to develop besides the connection with Attract and with the cloud itself. So it's, it's everything is there. We just need to yeah. build the puzzle. The, the puzzle is already half completed, I think. I yeah. have a branch for Attract. And Even? Yeah. So wow. Don't, the don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Stay there. Close the door. Close the door. Yeah. Hold them hostage. Yeah. yeah. So everything. In, in, the, in the cave. So okay. Okay. bring it in. Okay. There you go. We are all set. All right. Well, then uh, I think that was it. I would like to thank uh, this uh, super packed podcast i think this Woo! is the most packed yeah. we've ever been eight people yeah, yeah. so it's uh, it's really great so thanks everyone and thank you for listening and we will be back next week with more news and another awesome blender institute podcast bye-bye <laughs> bye. you've been listening to the blender institute podcast brought to you by the blender cloud are you baffled by airborne moisture absorb the mystery on the cloud go to cloud.blender.org